Welcome to Holy Cross Lutheran Church in Onaway, Michigan. I'm Pastor Trent Wahlberg, and you're listening to Preaching and the Word. The Word comes to us from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1-11. through 11. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things the wrath is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeking that you have put off the old self with its practices, and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. There is not Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free, but Christ is all and in all. There's an old Latin maxim that goes lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi, which roughly translates as the law of what is prayed is the law of what is believed and the law of what is lived. The idea is that we, what we pray informs what we believe, and what we believe informs how we live. When you say something in Latin, it sounds all sophisticated and academic, but really this concept is pretty simple and easy to understand. It's actually a pretty basic observation that we've all made. That is, if you say something enough, you will begin to believe it, and if you believe it, you will inevitably live as if it's true. For example, it's been taught in academia for decades now that gender is a social construct, and there's no real difference between men and women. At first, one might have argued that this was a purely theoretical and speculative academic idea, and those who taught it may not have seen its implications. But eventually, people started believing it, and once they started believing it, they lived as if it were true. Marriage has become redefined so that same-sex marriage is considered the same and equal to marriage, and people began mutilating themselves to look like the opposite gender. After all, if you believe men and women are really equal in every way, then why not? What's the difference if they're really interchangeable, if they're the same? It's all connected. You see, the way we live is governed by what we believe. But not all beliefs are true and based in reality. Some beliefs are based in a lie and can only lead to destruction. If you speak lies, you will eventually believe them, and soon enough your life will become a lie. As it's written, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened. The one who seeks after lies which are from below will find them, but the one who seeks the truth, which is from above, will also find him. 
Paul writes in our epistle reading from Colossians, Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. That really says it all. If you set your mind on things that are of God, you will find them and they will impact your life. The law of what you pray is the law of what you believe and live. And so to set your mind on something is to direct your will and attention toward that thing. It's to direct your prayer toward those things that are above rather than what's below. Pray to the Lord, the highest good, and he will direct your ways. Seek the Lord and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's what C.S. Lewis was getting at when he said, Aim at heaven, and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. Lex orandi, lex credendi, lex vivendi. The law of what we pray is the law of what we believe, which is the law of what we live. Someone who prays to the wrong God will inevitably believe the wrong things and will live accordingly. The fact of the matter is, we all are religious creatures. Everyone serves a master. We all worship something, whether it's the God above in heaven or one of the many gods below here on earth. So for heaven's sake, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are of earth, so that your praise would acknowledge the true God who reigns forever rather than a lie which will inevitably decay and come to nothing. It is true, of course, that we are fallen and sinful creatures. It's easier said than done. We are full of contradictions and do not act coherently. We do things willfully all the time that we know are not right. And we often fall short of that which we desire and aspire to attain. Anyone struggling with addiction knows this to be the case. They hate what they do, and yet they can't stop doing it. We have all felt this from time to time. We are not perfect. But that should not prevent us from seeking those things that are above. Our weaknesses should not deter us from aiming high, from trying to break those cycles of addiction. God knows it's much easier to seek the things that are of this world and aim at the ground, but that will only land us in a hell of our own making. Paul tells us, therefore, to put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. That's what it is. It's all false gods and idol worship. But how is this done? How do we put to death these earthly things within us? That's the real question. And the answer is not that we must become perfect, or that we no longer would be tempted and haunted by these sort of worldly desires, but rather that we would be forgiven and sanctified, that we would be made new. You have already put sins within you to death only a few moments ago when you confessed your sins and received absolution, when you remembered your baptism, where you were buried and raised with Christ and clothed in his righteousness. Then all sin and evil desires truly were drowned and have died with Christ in you. Our entire identity live, and lives as Christians are grounded in our baptisms, where we are born again as children of God. 
Here again what Paul says. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. This language of being raised with Christ is explicitly baptismal. Paul wrote to the church in Rome, We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. And if that's not clear enough, listen again to what he wrote to the church in Colossae in last week's epistle text. You were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. So, thus being God's children, born through the water of baptism and living under his grace, we have new desires, we have new hearts. We pray as Jesus taught us, as dear children, praying our Father in heaven. We pray to him in every need. We believe he hears our prayers, and then we seek to live according to his will. We do not seek perfectly, and are frequently distracted by the cares of this world. Nevertheless, set your mind on the things above, not on the things of this earth. We are operating from a place of grace. For you have died in your baptism, and your life is hidden with God in Christ. This is an incredibly freeing thing. You are already dead, and your life is hidden with Christ. Because you have already died, you need not fear death. You don't need to fear failure or mistakes. It has no power over you and cannot take your life because your life is hidden. It is being kept safe, hidden from enemy view, and protected as if in a warehouse with Jesus and God. I am reminded here of the parable of the rich fool, which Jesus told in our gospel text. The land of a rich man produced bountifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do, for I have nowhere to store my crops? I know, I'll tear down my barns and build larger ones, and I will say to myself, Self, you have ample goods. Relax, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your life is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? No doubt they would have been given to his heir. If he had a son, then his son. But if not, it could have gone to a slave or someone else. Whoever it might be, the heir apparent may be wise or a fool, who knows. All his hard work would eventually be squandered and rot away. Whether or not they did well with it or not, they would still leave it to their heirs, and eventually it would dissipate. The things of this world do not endure. The moral of the story is, the person is a fool that lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Back to my point. Death is what ended this man's prosperity. He had great riches, but it all became meaningless and vanity, a chasing after the wind the very moment his life was required of him. And it's not that his earthly riches were bad. It's just that he was not rich toward God. The rich fool's mind was not was not set on the things that are above, but only on the things of this world. His life was not hidden with Christ and God. He had great earthly riches, but no heavenly riches. 
He had the fruit of his toil, but not the fruit of faith. His God was his money. Therefore, because he did not die with Christ, he died by himself. This is also the point Solomon was making in Ecclesiastes when he wrote, There is nothing better for a person than to eat and to drink and to find enjoyment in their toil. There he almost sounds like the rich fool, until he continues to acknowledge that the toil of this life is a gift from the hand of God. He says, For apart from him, who can find enjoyment? So you see, for Solomon and for you Christians, knowing God is the real source of joy in this life. As the song says, Jesus is our priceless treasure. When your life is required of you, you will say, Lord, you already have my life and all things, for I have died and my life is hidden with Christ. Aim at heaven, and the whole earth will be thrown in. Aim at earth, and you will get neither. Lex arendi, lex credendi, lex vivendi. Set your mind on the things above. Eat, drink, and find enjoyment in the toil God has given you. For you are baptized, children of God, hidden with Christ. And even when the deceiver deceives, the nations rage, the whole world melts like wax, you will be found victorious in God's kingdom, which has no end. Amen. Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support our ministry here at Holy Cross in Onaway, you can share this podcast and give us a five-star rating. If you would like to make a financial gift, please make checks payable to Holy Cross Lutheran Church and mail it to us at 3786 Glacier Road, Onaway, Michigan. That's G-L-A-S-I-E-R Road, Onaway, Michigan, 49765. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.